Live from the Kings County Distillery Studios in New York City, it's the Hospitality Hangout Podcast with the restaurant guy and the finance guy. We've got our whiskey on the rocks and we're ready because it's five o'clock somewhere and we encourage you to share a pour with us at home. Jimmy, we got a great podcast. Take us away. I am I am blown away by the the, the energy, the enthusiasm. You're, you're we have been in the studio a while. We've been in the studio a little while, and I'm, I know it's not five o'clock here, but I'm thinking that you might have been enjoying five o'clock somewhere because you know, that's the last couple last couple nights, Jimmy. I got to tell you, you know, we've been going hard. Yes, we've been yes. entertaining a lot, but we appreciate our friends at Kings County making this studio happen for us and and their support always. And by the way. As our friend D. Nick would say, the delicious juice, that is worth the squeeze. That 100%. 100%. All right, let's jump into some action. I want to more formally welcome our listeners to the Hospitality Hangout, a hospitality-focused podcast where the founders at Branded Hospitality Ventures share their insights and bring technology and innovation leaders that are making things happen in the industry we love. My name is Jimmy Frischling, otherwise known as the finance guy, and I will send it back to my boy, Mr. Schatzberg, a.k.a. Schatzy, a.k.a. The restaurant guy. And thanks for that kind introduction. And for everybody uh, listening, you called me Shatsy. That's it. Uh, listen, Jimbo, I got to tell everybody real quick, really quick uh, PSA, public service announcement. Is that's that what, right? PSA stands PSA. For. I got to tell you, if you haven't subscribed to the podcast, please go on to your favorite podcast listening distribution channel. That's at Spotify. You can go to iTunes. You go to Amazon, Google. Everyone's got one. And 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 don't just listen. Subscribe. Is Pandora part of the list? Or no? I think, yeah, Pandora. It's part of Sirius that, XM today. That, so you got that the old man? No, no. It's, yeah, the I think it's, it's Sirius XM. It's Google, right. Amazon, iTunes, iHeart, and Spotify seem right. like the big ones. And, and last thing, Jim, last, last PSA. Yeah. If you haven't gone to boom.store, yes. check it out. You know why? Why? Because I got to tell you, if you're looking for a technology solution, you are in the hospitality space, boom.store has the best in class. It has them all listed there. Go check out boom.store. Jimmy, back okay. to you. Boom. There you have it. Listen, we are very excited for today's episode. We're kicking off uh, with strength as we return to the studio. We have our friend, Mr. Clinton Anderson, CEO of Fourth. Schedules. This is going to be a good and fun episode. I still don't know how we get these guests, Jimmy. I don't know what we're paying. I got to talk to our producer because clearly we are overpaying. I, I, Underpaying? We overpaying? Could, we, we could triple. Pay. Oh, I mean, we triple these kind of people. We, we got to triple the pay, and it's still not going to move the deal. Unbelievable. Let you mathematics at home do that. But listen, we are going to bring Mr. Anderson into the fold. I promise. But before we do, I just want to remind our listeners: our podcast released on Tuesdays. After that whole Taco Tuesday debacle among the Mexican restaurant companies settled their disputes, really has nothing to do with us. We call this Trivia Tuesday. Every week, we launch the, the podcast on a Tuesday, and we want to kick it off with Trivia Tuesday. The game we play is Two Truths and a Lie. I prefer to say Two Truths and a Not Truth, but it is a lie. Not true. Uh, not truth is a lie. Shatsy's been playing this game incredibly well. His, I'm his, the champ. I'm the champ. You, know, you are. Well, since it's only you and me, you are the champion. You're better than Jimmy. But I'm here my three factoids, the way the game works. I'm going to share three facts about our friend Clinton. Two of them are true. One is false. At the end of the episode, I'm going to ask Shatsy to, to predict which one was, in fact, the not truth. Here we go. Fact one. Clinton has been chased by a grizzly bear. I can see that. Okay. Fact two. Clinton was arrested for crossing the border from Canada to the U.S. smuggling marijuana. I know he's from Canada, so I, I, I mean, the marijuana, I don't know. I, in fact, three. Okay. Clinton is fluent in Japanese and holds his meetings in Japan 
in the native tongue. So fact one, chased by a grizzly bear. Fact two, arrested for crossing the border from Canada into the U.S. for smuggling marijuana. Fact three, Clinton, fluent in Japanese. It's always fluent in Japanese, Jimmy. It's always fluent in Japanese. I don't even think the Japanese people are fluent in Japanese. You know what, Jesse? We're not going to make you guess now. Stick around to the end of the episode, and we will release the true truth and the less than truth. Okay, stick around. Clinton, thank you for your patience. Thank you for listening to our banter, our PSA announcements, our true truths and a lie. And now I get to say truly and sincerely, welcome to the podcast. Welcome to the Hangout. And I'm going to allow you uh, to give us, please, an introduction on yourself and, of course, on fourth. Yeah, Jimmy Shatsy, thank you for having me today. It's fantastic to be here. Well, that's the third lie. Yeah, there you That's the third lie. <laughs> Hey, look on those two truths and a lie, right? I can't have your I can't have your listeners thinking that I'm like a drug mule. Just to clarify the second story, yes, I was in college. It was with my girlfriend and my two best friends. Road trip down to Montana. I might have got pulled over for an extra search at the border. They might have torn my car apart, and they might have found something that was a little bit of contraband that got me in a little bit of trouble with the local law enforcement. But I want you I don't want your listeners thinking I work yes. for some like BC marijuana oh, cartel yeah. or something. Oh, we got to clear that up. You're like a big company. Right? Yeah, I mean, right. Like I'm gonna get fired, right? Like I gotta keep this job. I still got kids in college I'm paying for it, guys. Come on. Okay, quick, quick introduction. My name's Clinton Anderson. I'm the CEO at Fourth. Hey, Fourth is the leading provider of technology for back of house operations in the restaurant industry, right? We serve about hundred and twenty-five thousand locations around around the world. How many? Hundred and twenty-five. One hundred and twenty-five thousand. Breaking news. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, so perhaps some of you may not have heard of Fourth. I hope most of you have heard of Hot Schedules, right? Hot Schedules, leading leading scheduling software here in the United yes. States. About four and a half years ago, a private equity fund out of Hermosa Beach, California called Marlin Equity Partners. They bought Fourth, which is the leader in restaurant technology in the UK. They bought Hot Schedules, leading scheduling provider, brought them together with a vision of creating an end-to-end solution for restaurants, right? Like technology, we know what makes a difference. Restaurants have a hard time adopting it sometimes. The goal was let's put these two best-in-class providers together, create an end-to-end suite, and deliver value via technology for the restaurant industry. That's how I came into the job, right? Four years ago, like two months before the pandemic, I, I joined, right? And it's been a wild, exciting, fun ride ever since. Love before it. that, oh, 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 he's going well. He's going, re- he's going deep. He's taking a deep dive. I like yeah. that. I thought I introduced the deep dive. Keep going, keep going, baby. Keep I'll, going. I'll, I'll keep it brief, right? Before that, I, I used to work in hotel technology, right? Work for a company called Sabre. You guys don't know that company, but they do. They do airline reservations like American they Airlines. They do. Shatsy, you knew it, man. Yeah, American Airlines. Wasn't that all built on Sabre? Sabre? That's, that's right. Yeah, 50 uh, billion trips scheduled. I'm smart. Last time I we went on a hotel, smart. that was that yeah. company. And then look back to the you know 20 years at Bain & Company doing strategy consulting. And life, life started as a farm boy in Western Canada, which ties back to some of the stories you heard at the top of the podcast. I, I, think, I gotta tell you, he's giving us a lot of little Easter eggs of Easter the egg. truth and the dare. Uh, oh, the truth and lies. Sorry. We always crack me up. Clinton, I'll say the following. I know Shatsy wants to go deeper. I don't think hot schedules, well, I don't want to say, I hate the ESTs, the best, the smartest, the funniest, the prettiest. I will say that there was very few more loyal and enthusiastic and, and promoters of hot schedules than Shatsy here. He, when other people tried to shove other scheduling solutions and, and try to bundle it, I'm going to give you this, but you got to let me do your scheduling. Shatsy's loyalty to hot schedules was unbelievable for a long time. Oh, my goodness. I mean, I think 18 years. 18 years. Maybe. Right. How, long is, how long is hot schedules around? 
Hot Pills has been around for 23 years, right? So you would have been one of the- 25 OGs. years. I'm using yeah. 25 years. Before Hot Schedules was even around, we were using it. <laughs> I mean, that's, that's how ahead of the curve, that's how ahead of the curve we are. That's the bleeding edge. But in all serious, I'm going to get a little serious right now. We're going to talk about, take a deep dive, because we like to know how people- Fraser Crane, the Fraser yeah, Crane. Yeah, really get into it. So you're in Canada. You're a farm boy. It's 1994. Well, taking it back, I'm taking it back, I'm taking it back. those dates like... You said, you know what? You I don't it. want to be in Canada anymore. I want to go to Harvard. I want to go to Harvard because that's where I want to go because that's where you get a great education, right? You go to Harvard. You go to Harvard, and then you leave Harvard, and you take the path like Jimmy. You go Bain Capital. Bain Capital, right? You want to be an investor. You want to be an investor, and you want to invest in stocks and bonds and things, and you want to go buy low, and you want to sell high. And then you take a turn. Your parents are very upset. You go to Sabre, a reservation, some sort of platform for airlines and hotels. You're like, what are you doing? I sent you to Harvard. I spent a fortune. How did you tell us? Take us from there. Bang, you're making a fortune. You're making money. Like, forget about it. People are jealous. You're dating women. And all of a sudden, you go to Sabre. Take it from there. For me, and look, I was doing on the consulting side of Bain, which is still exciting, fun, and you get paid a lot of money. Mm. For me, the turning point was, look, at some point, I'm giving people advice on how to run businesses, but I got to see whether I can actually run a business, right? The cool thing about Bain, right, is you got to make lots of recommendations, but the, the bad thing was it was neither your success nor your failure. Yeah. And I think, look, all the cool things in life happen when you win or fail, when you own the outcomes, right? And so right. I wanted to get into operating a business. And so Sabre, for me, was a step to take on operating responsibility, right? To be able to lead a division, to kind of lead a team, to show that I could help and uh, motivate a team, put the right strategy in place and get the operations working. And my goal all along was, you know, could I at some point be the CEO of a technology company? And that's what led to Forth, right? was a goal of saying, look, I, I want to lead something and be, be responsible for something. Like why Forth? What was attractive to you that, that a big company like that in an industry that I, I don't, I mean, it doesn't seem like a tremendous experience in from the past, from your resume, but why Forth and why, you know, the, the hospitality space? What was attractive to you? Yeah, you bet. So to be clear, I don't come from a restaurant background, right? I've, I've never worked. You've never eaten worked in restaurants, though. In full, in full transparency, you've I, eaten in restaurants. I've eaten in many restaurants around the world, in fact. Yeah. <laughs> okay. I've <laughs> been to a few. Uh, in fact, look, back in my consulting days, right, I'd eat out, you know, every night of the week. I just want our um, listeners to know he has eaten out in restaurants. I thought you were going to say that breaking news. Restaurant news, right? Yeah, okay. Nice. I can tell the difference between a restaurant and, uh, and a hotel. That's for <laughs> Not sure. a restaurant, right? <laughs> But for me, man, look, Shatsy, it was one of those things where I looked at the restaurant industry and I said, look, huge, complicated industry. Look, if, if people showed up at restaurants Monday through Friday, nine to five, and they all ordered the same thing, like life would be super easy. And somehow, agree. If they ordered the same thing Monday through Friday, yes, that would be awesome. And if it was off on Saturday and Sunday, I think everybody would be happy. <laughs> Lunch, right? They didn't show up at dinner. They came in equally throughout the day. Like that'd be yes. easy. But so, like some people like the harder life, like you, Shatsy. You said, yeah. I, don't want, I don't want nine to five Monday through Friday. I want the excitement of a Friday night, right? I want a cool experience on Saturday. Yep. I love the rush. I love the buzz. I love the adrenaline. And when I saw that, right, it's one of the hardest jobs in the world. I think being an operator in a restaurant, being a manager of restaurants, got to be one of the toughest jobs on planet Earth, bar none. Because people don't come in, right? Every day part's different. Every day's different, right? You just got more things to do in a day than you can ever handle. And every minute of every shift matters, right? Like that's the hard part of it. And so I looked at that and said, okay, these guys must be using a ton of technology, right? Because this is so hard, they're going to use technology to fix it. 
Well, if you look at the industry and say, where do they have a big need for technology, but where are they not adopting it? Like it's, it's, it's restaurants. So I looked at that and said, that must mean there's an opportunity if you get the right product in place with the right message and can deliver the right value. These guys are going to buy this stuff. And that's what got me excited, right? Was seeing a need that had been unmet. I think it's awesome. And, and again, I, I've cut my teeth in front of house decades ago in the industry. I left it. Did, I had a Wall Street run, investment run. I love alternative asset classes, emerging markets. But to your point, I couldn't get over the, the size of this industry, not just in the States, on a global basis, even in the States with the second largest employer, you know, second largest employer only behind the government. And yet we are an analog. That's scary. Analog <laughs> and antiquated industry. So you're right. The, tech, uh, it, the technology or the embracement is something that is only continuing to be more important. And the fact is you guys have um, created a very operator-centric platform that is so critical and so valued. As I said, even on hot schedules alone, I've been in many meetings with Shatsy. You could talk to him about a lot of new tech. Don't mess with his hot schedules scheduler. But listen, I want to ask you, I'm going to kick off some unbreaking news. I, I'm going to let Shatsy take care of the breaking news. I'm going to do unbreaking news. Okay. I'm not the first to announce it, but it's the first time we're discussing it on the, on the, on the podcast here. So it's breaking news for us. Fourth has just rolled out its new AI powered forecasting tool. And can you share a little about what you're doing? I, I, I know the word. Got to have AI today, Jimmy. The, the word game changing is being overly used, but I'm going to use <laughs> it here. This game changing new tool is already outperforming your old product by 40%. So the fact is, this is game changing. So can you share? I mean, AI is an acronym getting thrown around left and right. Yeah. It actually is critically important. Fourth has rolled out its new AI-powered forecasting tool. Can you share with our, our listeners what's going on there? Yeah, yeah, you bet, Jimmy. It is exciting. And the reason it's exciting to me is because it's leveraging a capability we have in the company that I think can really help the industry and help managers in particular. Like we, we mentioned how hard the job is mm. and you can't see around corners, but if you can see further down the road, it makes life easier. So look, a little bit of background. One of the cool things about bringing Forth and Hot Schedules together is that Forth has about 150 scientists and engineers working in Sofia, Bulgaria. And we've got a data science team there led by a guy who's the data science professor at the leading university in Bulgaria. And we've got these data scientists who have been working on AI for the last five years, increasingly bringing more AI into the product. And my chief technology officer, a guy named Christian Berthelsen, had a vision and said, look, it's all about the forecast. Because we, we could see that prime costs were becoming a bigger and bigger issue, right? Like if you can't manage labor, if you can't manage, if you can't manage your food costs, yeah. like, then where's, there's no profit, right? Like, you know, the chance, you know, this from your nah, It's pretty much, yeah, that's it. You have food, you got your labor and you got your rent. <laughs> and so the, I like, like rent, you know that, what that's going to be right. Yeah. <laughs> but the whole point around this better forecast is because every day is different. If I can do a better job of telling you what to expect in terms of today, tomorrow, next week, you can build that schedule. You can order the food you need, the right supplies in order to be able to better fit that curve, right? To match the forecast with reality. And when you do that, you can then combat rising labor costs, rising food costs to actually be a profitable player in the industry. So for us, it is the secret sauce, right? Like it's the pixie dust. That forecast is what powers all of our other products because we use that to help back of house plan, organize, and execute their day. I just want to, I know I'm, I'm chatting too much now, but I want to- No, talk, you're not, Jimbo. You, you, no, you can never talk a lot well, too much, Jimmy. Your that. voice is like gold. I, I just want to, I want to, I want to add something to what Clinton said, because to the non-operators out there, we do have some 
plenty of non-operator listeners. First of all, I, I've written recently that you, in the sport of golf, you drive for show and you putt for dough. I'm not a golfer, but I understand the sport. In the restaurant industry, back of house is the putting. Back of house is where money is made and lost. 100%. Clinton, Clinton also just said, you know your rent. Okay, You signed on, you signed the leash, you know your rent. And to a certain extent, you kind of know the base of your labor. I mean, there's a little fluctuation. But to Clinton's point, it is the forecasting, the predictability that, that is going to be a differentiator. And specifically, food waste is crushing to an operator or having ingredients and not being able to kind of put a very, you know, a high quality dish together at an economical price, again, to basically sell it more than it costs to build it. I had a, I had a restaurant guy that used to, when he, when he had new people coming to him, you tell them to make a dish, go to the pantry, make a dish. They'd make a dish. Great. You just put a $32 dish of uh, stir fry. How am I going to, what am I going to charge for that? And how am I going to repeat that? So again, I want to emphasize that what Clinton's talking about in this AI powered tool, the forecasting is really the differentiator between in that domain of food costs and otherwise uh, profitability or otherwise. And otherwise is failure. Yeah, yeah no, Jimmy, it, 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 right. Like you are the finance guy, but that's it, right? Because yeah, but Jimmy was a bartender. He started <laughs> bartending, so he knows what he's talking about. Yeah, no, like I'm, I'm saying he's he's preaching truth, right? Because yeah. the way I look at it is that the, the sad truth in this industry is it's not everyone wins, right? Like it is a competitive space. There's winners and there's losers, yes. and there's a yeah. lot of losers. And right now. That's so sad, Clinton. I know. Well, it, I, I mean, that's so sad. What are you going to lose? You're going to give up participation trophies? Well, I don't you know. know what? It's, there's winners and there's losers. All right. Well, still, right. the way he said it, though, there's so many losers. Honest. Honest. I like that. Well, all, right. all right. Keep going. Keep going. I apologize. It just sounded <laughs> odd. This is why this is important is because the difference between winning and losing is two or 300 basis points, right? Because two or three percentage points of profitability, right? Yes. Yes. And if you've got that extra margin, your stores are successful. You're making money. You're attracting investors. You're expanding locations. You got more money to invest in more. And suddenly, like, you're making news in the industry, right? And otherwise, you're, like, working your tail off, trying your hardest to be successful. You're like, man, I, I'm growing. I'm more, more, more customers are coming through, but I'm getting killed with food costs. I'm getting killed on waste. I'm getting killed in that I've got increasing labor costs. I got crazy turnover. And I'm not making any money. And after a while, you're like, it's just not worth it anymore. And you tap out and you're like, I'm done. I'm done. Yeah, I love it. And I got to tell you, it's interesting because as we talk about technology and an industry, uh, hospitality and restaurants, incredibly slow to embrace technology. I mean, you know, in our restaurants, Jimmy, like as we said, we've been using hot schedules for longer than it's been around. We've been using open table. We've been using companies like Avero and, and things like that. And so we've embraced, but most operators, a lot of operators out there really, I mean, it's a grind every day and all they're, they're really thinking about, you know, how do I make the best food possible? And they really don't have a lot of time to think about tech. I mean, now, fourth, I mean, you guys have a lot of modules, a, a lot of offerings, and you do a great job checking a lot of boxes. It's interesting. I think the relationship between the, the restaurant operator and the tech companies has been, it's been interesting because a lot of times the tech companies are saying they're designing tech or building tech, and they don't really speak to any operators about what they need. And I think you guys are really trying to work with operators to find out, you're not just making things and saying, here, look, I got a new offering. Yeah, this is what you need. And I'll be like, I, I don't need that. That's not what, you guys are really working with operators to really understand the pain points and helping them solve. Because we're not technologists, but we need technology. Yeah. We know that. But someone's got to help us and give us what we need, not a tool I don't need. And you guys are really, 
What's your relationship with operators and how are you forging that to find out what they need and then taking it back to the Bulgari University of Bulgari, which Jimmy, he, he got rejected from, by the way. He did mm-hmm. not get into the University of Bulgari, U of B, I like to say. <laughs> but oh, how do you go back to Bulgari and say, this is what we need? Glenn, yeah. Do you want to correct him or should I correct him? The Bulgari Bears. Jimmy, Jimmy, was playing, Jimmy wanted to play football for the Bulgari Bears, and he didn't, he didn't get on the team. Keep yeah, going. Great <laughs> football team. Yeah, look, this is the hard reality, I think, in the space, right, which is restaurant operators are just so busy. They don't have time to think about technology. And yeah, exactly. You sometimes have a hard time speaking the language of technology. Conversely, the average technology company has no clue what really goes on in a restaurant, right? Yes, hundred percent. None. And the two sides speak past each other. Technology company brings something to market. They go, oh, it's going to be perfect. And the guy's like, I can't use that. Like, look how hard that is. Like all the integrations yeah. I got to deal with. I can't yeah. train my team on this. Like, what are you talking about? I need like yep. a PhD in computer science to be able to use this as a software. Yep. And so look, the, the magic is when you bring the two together and you listen, mm. you listen, right? Because. I can't do everything that the restaurant operators want because sometimes they ask for things they shouldn't be asking for, right? Sometimes I do know better, but more often than not, I need to listen and understand what the issue is and then talk, 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 talk until you like the light turns on for both parties. Like, okay, I get it. I get what the need is. I can see that's how your team needs to use it. I see that's why they can't be spending time in the back of the back office, right? You need them out front where they're impacting the team, impacting guest experience. Sure. And so, look, we use it, what we call a customer advisory board. It's been super helpful, right? It's a mix of operators, full serve, QSR, fast casual. It includes IT guys. It includes operators. It includes HR folks. It includes large companies all the way down to small companies, right? And we bring those doesn't folks include, together. doesn't include this guy. I'm just kidding. <laughs> That's it. I thought I could get you busy. It doesn't include this guy. No, I'm out. just kidding. Uh, keep going. Keep going. You're, you're, you're killing it right so, now. You're killing it right now. <laughs> <laughs> oh, anyway, look, where we've made inroads is formalizing the process to get input, right? So you're always trying to get input from the market, right? You talk to the sales guys, you talk to the customer support folks, you talk to the implementation team saying like, what are our customers saying? What are our customers saying? Sometimes our grumpiest customers are my best customers because they tell me the truth about what's not. And when I understand that, I can make progress. But this, this idea of the customer advisory council is allowing us to kind of test stuff when it's really new on the whiteboard, right? When it's kind of new idea, new strategy saying, Mm -hmm. help us refine this, help us course correct it. And it's not like we get to perfect on day one, but you keep iterating, right? Keep working at quarter to quarter, year to year. And you start to bring this thinking from the restaurant operator point of view and the technology point of view to where it's harmonic. And that's when you're making beautiful music. And that's what we've been trying to do over the last four years. Touch Bistro is an all-in-one POS and restaurant management system. That's a all-in-one point-of-sale restaurant management system that makes running a restaurant easier, super easy, providing the most essential front-of-house and back-of-house and guest engagement solutions all on one powerful platform. Touch Bistro helps restaurateurs streamline and simplify their operations, allowing them to spend less time manually connecting the dots and more time connecting with guests and growing their business. That's right, more time connecting with guests and growing their business. Built to meet the unique needs of the restaurant industry, Touch Bistro, it's fast, it's reliable, and it's easy to use. And it has all the features restaurateurs need to increase sales and deliver a great 
guest experience. And, and listen to this, it saves you both time and money. You want to learn more about Touch Bistro? You want to learn more? Visit touchbistro.com. That's touchbistro.com. And you will learn everything you need about one of the greatest point-to-sale systems ever to come to the market. I encourage everyone to go visit touchbistro.com. And uh, if you want to email us, just email us at podcastatbrandandstrategic.com and we'll make a direct introduction to the folks at Touch Bistro. We will go right to the CEO. Samir is the CEO. We will connect you to the CEO. That's the kind of service that Touch Bistro has. So I implore everybody, check out Touch, Touch Bistro, everybody. I love that. I got to say, I usually wait till the end to talk about whether I thought there were good golden nuggets or yeah. good insights. I have to tell you that where the magic happens, what Clinton just said is going to be one of the key takeaways from this episode when the technologists and the operators actually connect. And I love that's what we've been about, preaching, man. That's when the magic happened. That yeah. was perfectly said. Not when because some again, technologists like this is what you need. Yes, I'm telling you. Yes. Most operators were, they didn't go into the business to become data analysts, and data scientists and technologists or, but I have to tell you with the right technology partners, with the right service providers who are thinking about, you know, the needs and the wants that is, I love that line and I'll give attribution when the magic happens um, to our, to our listeners. I think a lot of folks know that I love, I love quotes. I got isms. I got theories. I got a lot of them. I got a towel. Uh, yes, I got a, I got a towel in my hospitality headline, our weekend. Building turned the heat out already, man. Let me tell you, Jimmy's tripping right now. <laughs> I have, to, I have to say, it's not the most comfortable temperature I've ever had in the studio. It's about 110 right. in here. All right. But in my hospitality headline, I you know, constantly quoting. But And I love the life lessons that come from these quotes. And the reason why they last and they remain is because they speak to you. You have a quote from your dad. And as a person who loves quotes, I'm going to share yours from your pop that clearly means something to you. That he said, it's hard to drain the swamp when you're up to your ass in alligators. And I, like I love the quote. I love that. And maybe can you take the quote off the swamp for us and how it applies to the food service industry? How would, and by the way, I want to be clear. I love the quote by your pop. That's great. But can you yeah, expand on that or bring it into the hospitality uh, and the food service industry? Yeah, yeah. My dad used to share that with me when we were working on the farm, right? There's just too much stuff to get done and you couldn't get it all done. And you're just trying to keep your head above water. Mm-hmm. And I'm not sure at that point in his life he'd ever seen an alligator or a swamp down the floor. <laughs> What's a truism that he'd adopted that was spot on. And look, the reason I think I've, look, I've shared that with my team as we think about the restaurant industry, because look, the hustle on trying to like, you know, manage a farm is similar to the hustle of trying to manage a restaurant. Like it's just, when it's busy, a lot going on, man, going on, you can't get everything done. And the application in my mind is saying, look, average manager, average operator, average owner's got too many things to think about. I know you can't get it all done. And so the question becomes, how do you start to change that cycle? And the advice I would give is to sit down with your team and ask yourself one question, which is what's the pain that's hurting me most in the business, right? Is it food waste? Is it that I got crazy turnover and I can't staff my teams that, you know, I, despite crazy demand lined up outside my restaurant, I can't, I can't actually even have all my, my tables open because I don't have enough servers. Like what, what is the issue? And then ask yourself, is there somebody I can talk to who could help me with a technology answer to solve that? I'm not saying trying to solve it all at once. But look, we know that in the industry, right, we don't adopt technologies effectively as other industries. But if you said to yourself, there's one thing I want to fix, and then talk to somebody who is more technology savvy, maybe it's even another restaurant operator, you know, who does a good job with technology. You sit down and say, hey, look, man, 
I'm dying from this. What can we do to make it better and pick one thing and say, I'm going to take a test to invest with technology. I don't have to solve it. There's smart people out there who will come talk oh. to me about it. No, University Reggie, Bulgari, you University Bulgari. <laughs> this guy's are killing it. Clint, I think that. Prisoners are going to go crazy when they hear yes. this, man. They're going to find you, Shatsy. <laughs> I, uh, again, I, again, I really do love that in part. I think Shatsy's our restaurant guy. I'm the finance guy, but I, I spend a lot of time with Shatsy. When I see people coming in to pitch him on ideas and I hear them, or even sometimes they'll tell me an idea they want to solve for. And I've never heard Shatsy or any of our subject matter experts with the operators ever tell me that was a pain point or something keeping them up at night. I try to explain to them, and you just did it beautifully. Operators are going to focus on the highest priority and the biggest challenges, the biggest pain points. They're not going to think about problem number 76 when they have to, maybe they can address problems one through six. Yeah. You can't come to them with a nice to have because they're in the weeds. As you said, whether you're on the farm or you're in the restaurant, you are solving and addressing the biggest pain points. This industry is among the greatest JIT, just in time folks. I don't mean that negatively. They've got to serve the guest right in front of them. The guest is there. How many industries does the guest literally get to respond to the item they've purchased from the very people that created the item for them? Like they in the, moment. the in kitchen in the moment. So they have to be real time. So as you said, biggest pain points. Listen, clearly Shats and I like chatting. Chats more than me. I just, I'm a listener. Yeah. I'm a listener. But when we started the podcast, we learned along the way that sometimes our guests had a question or two for us. So let's launch into talking back. Mr. Anderson, I actually love the name, Mr. Anderson. We're going to let you with the microphone. I like to say nothing's off the table. The microphone's yours, my friend. What do you have for us? Yeah, look, I got a question for you guys, right? Which is, I feel like during the pandemic, right, front of house was so critical, right? Because folks were trying to figure out how to get a digital presence, right? How do I do online ordering? They're trying to solve delivery and takeout. Like front of house was so critical. Yeah. Now that we're moving back into a world where with inflation of food costs, inflation and labor costs, back of house is suddenly becoming a real focus again. What's the biggest challenge facing the average operator out there in back of house and how to get those costs under control? Awesome. That's question. a great question. Yeah. I'm going to answer it this way. I'm not going to say it's, it, we, we recognize that as Jimmy said earlier, you know, money's made in the back of the house. I mean, that's where it is, you know? The labor, you get that. So I'm going to go to purchasing. I think procurement is an area that most restaurants are still doing it the same way that they've been doing it, the way they've always been doing it. There's usually a clipboard. There's usually, you know, Monday through Sunday on the clipboard, something to that effect, or it's 30 days, whatever it is. And it's just, you're just looking at it. You're going in your walking box. You're looking what you have, what you don't have. You're buying some inventory. You're counting and then you're calling or you're emailing, you're texting a rep or you're, it just really hasn't changed a lot. It's incredibly ineffective. A lot of time is wasted and lost. It's just, it's not efficient. And I think that's still an area that operators and the distributors and the food manufacturers are still, I mean, I hate to say it, they just still do it the old fashioned way. And no one has really, I'm not going to say nobody, there are companies out there doing it, but that, that to me, it's, it's not just the, it, it's the inventory and the purchasing and the understanding what you need. So just like you're forecasting how many people I should have on the team based on weather and different things last year, this, that, and the other thing, it's how much food do I need yep. and what yep. am I selling? You know, how many buns, how many burgers, how many, it's what do I need? How do I get it and not losing or wasting anything? So I think procurement is still an area that's, that's ripe for, for disruption. I think that's, again, the question was awesome. I think that's your answer. The procurement is a great one too. I would only add, I think when the pandemic came crashing on our shores, 
Well done, Chad. I would applaud that answer. Thank you, everybody. Thank you. Thank you, everybody. They love me. Thank you. I don't want to say that front of house and software in any way, shape, or form is easy. It's not easy. But it is, I would argue, easier than addressing the back of house, particularly in light of the fact that when you start moving to the back of house, while there are software solutions, you're also now starting to move into the innovation or the equipment. And you're not talking about the IoT of equipment. And that's a very different CapEx. So I think understandably when the pandemic and the relationship with guests, they went for the, again, the software, and that was a big focus in the front of house and really almost testing out the, how tech would work as this, as we try to digitize and even democratize this industry. But I'll tell you, to your point, we've spoken to so many, we have an army of hospitality operators in what we call our hospitality network. It's a very valuable group for us. And what they're telling us, not that they have software in the front of house fatigue, there's still a long way to go, but they are now feeling confident they needed to address the back of house. And it's not just the software. They now are prepared to really think about how their kitchens are configured. And with the explosion of QSRs and fast serve restaurants, they're thinking about the footprint that they need. How are they going to handle the increase in off-premise? How are they going to handle the way in which the workflow, to Shachi's point about procurement? But I think we're going to see a bigger spend in the back of house, both in software, including the connected kitchen and the innovative kind of kitchens, because people need to address that. And I think they're now prepared to. I think that's the next wave of change. But that's my thought. I got nothing, Clinton. Okay, thank you. Great answer, Jimmy. Thank you, everybody. I, I, by the way, I gave Jimmy that answer. I gave Jimmy would say right now there's dead people cheering for me on that microphone. Yeah, no, 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 Jimmy. That was great. The, the crowd, we had a live audience, and they love you. They love you. Listen, listen, we're coming live from the King County, uh, Kings County Studios. And I got to say, we're going to switch gears. Great question, by the way. We're going to switch gears. The spice is right. We're going right. Spice is right, okay? Everyone knows the price is right. You've watched it, Jimmy. I know you've watched it. You've been sick home from school one day. You watch this price. Penny. Here we go. So we're going to ask the price. And you can't go over the price is right. I'm going to ask you the price of one of Jimmy's favorite restaurants. It's IHOP. The Mm. IHOP breakfast sandwich. Love a big breakfast. Let's see see how much we know. Clinton says he's been out to restaurants a lot. Is he going to tell us what he gets? Yeah, I'm going to tell you. Jimmy goes out a lot for restaurants. Clinton said he loves eating out of restaurants. The IHOP breakfast sandwich. Without going over, can you tell me the closest price? It includes two eggs, any any style, any style. Just farm fresh, Clinton, from Canada, farm fresh. Two custom cured hickory smoked bacon strips, also from Canada. I love me some bacon. Two pork sausage links, not from Canada. This was from the Midwest somewhere. Yeah, Iowa. Two thick cut pieces of ham from Canada. Golden hash browns and two fluffy buttermilk pancakes from New Jersey. This is not from New York. This is from IHOP in New Jersey, New Brunswick, Route 46. What's your best gets in dollars and cents, Clinton Anderson, sir? Are you going to make me go first? Look, I feel like it's almost cheating because I do eat out a lot. And last Saturday, <laughs> oh I was coming God. home from a friend's ranch in West Texas, and we stopped off at a place called the Red Star Cafe. Okay. And ordered something very similar and it was okay. like twelve it was twelve bucks and change. Oh right? I like so it. I think IHOP's probably a little more value oriented, right? Than this than this roadside this roadside place we hit. Like where's he going with this? I like it. I'm gonna go eleven ninety five. Eleven ninety five. Jimmy, would you care to take a guess for the showcase showdown and a trip to Hawaii? Penny. It's going one penny. 
Wow, this guy really knows how to play. The price is right. He's playing dirty. Okay, okay. I'll put, I'll put it number. I'll put okay, it down. Right. I don't want to play. Uh, you you yeah. can be playing dirty. I won't play dirty. Yeah, he's, playing, I, he's playing dirty. That one dollar. That come on. I said a penny. A penny. That's even worse. Yeah, I appreciate that. I think Anderson is high, but I'll get. But I'll play. For, I'll give room. I'll give flex. I give some room. Nine ninety five. Nine ninety five. Well, I got you. Nine ninety five, brother. Yeah, no, it's a good guess. The winner is gonna be Mr. Clinton Anderson. He knows something about going out. It's thirteen forty nine in New Jersey. That's pretty at good. New Brunswick, I'm forty six. That's how much the the IHOP breakfast sampler goes. And Clinton Anderson, you have just won the showcase showdown. What do you win? A trip for four to Hawaii. Oh, thank you, uh, Sheridan, for donating that beautiful oh, trip by our to the IHOP. Our uh, IHOP and uh, and the Sheridan Waikiki yes. has donated a beautiful trip. And uh, Delta Airlines, thank you for all our sponsors for that. <laughs> you could email Julie, the producer, for your your voucher, Clinton. Let's go. Let's go right to the trivia. There, there is limited availability that we are working Yes, yeah, you have a <laughs> Monday to Tuesday between the hours of 6 a.m. Yes. It's like caddy swim time. You got 15 minutes. Yeah. Okay, listen. Remember at the top of the show, we were playing our game of Tricks and Truths and a Lie. I'm just going to quickly give Shachi a chance. A quick reminder our listeners, Clinton's been chased by a grizzly bear. Clinton was arrested for crossing the border from Canada when he was in college. We agreed that's a true. So basically, Shatsy, it comes down to Clinton being fluent in Japanese, okay, and holds his meetings in Japan in the native tongue or chased by a grizzly bear. Shatsy? I'm going to have to go. We already know that he was arrested at the border. Like a week, like a week ago. Yeah. <laughs> but I don't think you can't get chased by a grizzly bear. Grizzly bears all day. You can't you gotta play dead. You can't run away from a grizzly bear. You can't. Well the key is to outrun the guy you're with. Clinton's friend that he was camping was dead. <laughs> I, yeah, it's it, it can't be that. He's he's fluent in Japanese. The guy, I mean, look at the guy. All right. I mean, yeah, I, I think there's no, you cannot outrun a grizzly bear. I've All watched right. enough National Geographic. I'm pretty sure that's the answer. All right. That's, and, the, that's the lie. And there's, okay, he says the grizzly bear's the lie, Clinton, to you, sir. All right. Let's knock him out. Nihongo ga wakarimasu. Sanjunen mae ni nihongo ni imashita. Ah, you see, I told you. Avocado roll. You see what I just did there? That's it. If you ask the question of how did I learn Japanese, you would have learned that I was there as a Mormon missionary. So the chance wow. of me smuggling pot across the border as a Mormon, a young Mormon guy is pretty low. So no, I was actually, I actually back in the, in our teenage years, we took our backpacks up into the mountains. We'd hike back into these valleys. We'd go fishing. We'd go mountain climbing, camping. And we had just set up camp. We'd caught about a dozen trout, cooked them up. Hey, this is before the days of catch and release. I, I let them all go now. And we were setting up our tents and there were fish sitting in fry pans along the edge of this little fire we'd made. And out of the woods comes this big old grizzly bear, rears up on its hind feet, bluff charges us. We scamper back. We yell at it, try and get it out of camp. It would not leave. We had to hike out in the dark across the cliffs. The next day, the rangers went in with a helicopter and retrieved our gear, which had been shredded to ribbons. True story. So wait a second. Wow. But I think this, is this a first? We had three truths? Chased by a grizzly bear. Yeah. Fluent Japanese. I, I've, I've never I've never smoked pot, nor did I ever try and smuggle any. No, that was, that, that was a lie. That was a lie. lie. I, think, I think he gave a disclaimer that, that he wanted to make sure we knew that wasn't true. Oh, <laughs> okay. That, yeah, actually yeah. that, yeah. So, the chain, so I, was, I was wrong. You were wrong. I was wrong. I, I, thought, I thought you said earlier that that was true, that, that you no, were arrested on the border. 
to you guys a little bit because what I did clarify is that I did get pulled over. They did search my car, not but arrested. I wanted to know that I was not a drug mule. And by the way, bye, right? Like, so I'm lying to you guys, right? So that was your first assumption was I was telling the truth when I'm actually telling you a lie. By the way, by the way, well played. Well Well played. played. That's that's a notch on your not not good bat. You're not not good belt. He got you on that one. Yeah, I got to tell you. I still say he can't. We don't know. But he wasn't really chased by a grizzly bear. You're not going to break it down. You don't think he was chased? They shredded, I mean, they chased. Chased. Shredded, I mean, they chased. shredded the t- shredded the campsite. That was after he left. Chased? I mean, I think. Anyway, great, great. I loved it. It was good. It was good. Good stuff. Good stuff. All right, let's jump into it because Clinton's got to go do some stuff. He's got a lot of work to do. Let's go, Brandon Quickfire. All right, Clinton, I'm going to ask you five lightning round questions. Don't think too hard. Don't think too long. All right. First thing that comes to your mind. Are you ready, sir? Yes, sir. Water skis or snow skis? Ooh, water skis. I'm a lake guy. Where are, you Where are you getting dinner from tonight? I'm going to get some Texas barbecue. Nothing's better oh, than Texas barbecue. That is the I, best barbecue in the world. I would Meet you to. Grapevine, Texas. Yeah, I would agree with that. What's your favorite food city in the world? It would be Italy, northern Italy. Let's go with Florence. Florence, Italy. Winner. Yeah, you can't go wrong with Florence, I got to tell you. Where's your favorite place to travel? You know what? I'm going to go back to part of the story. Right? I love being in the Rocky Mountains, whether that's northern Montana or Alberta or British Columbia. I love being in the Rocky Mountains. I thought you were going to go with Italy. I thought you were going to say Italy. He's a John yeah, Denver fan. do love that John Denver fan. Rocky Mountain High. Rocky Mountain High. Yeah. All right, here's where things get a little a little sketchy. If you were to challenge Jimmy Rye to a game of Miss Pac-Man, yeah, the arcade classic, the old classic, Jimbo, huh? What are your better odds of beating? Little Pac-Man. Well, here's my logic. Wobble, 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 wobble. Dance guy. So he was home studying math homework, right? He was preparing for his math test. Shatsy was at the local mall flirting with the young ladies and playing video games in the arcade. I'm going to take on Jimmy and I'm going to beat Jimmy. Yeah, I got to tell you, I would agree. I would agree. I'm good with that. I I think you were so close. I I agree with that completely. Shatsy is a video gamer. He loves his arcade. I'm a big Nintendo fan. I don't know if there were any cute girls around. I was definitely (laughs) flirting with no one. I sits on my face. I agree with you that I was going to say when I was out either – Favorite game about. The day. Shatsy was practicing. Yeah. His, uh, I, mean, I gotta tell you, I was I love Defender. Yeah. I love oh, Defender. Yeah, 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 you know, yeah. you drop like bombs and you're shooting all that. And I gotta tell you, oh, the old asteroids was classic. The old school asteroids. Oh, 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 yeah, there's a cream for that. Yeah, I, was that <laughs> the cream for that? I I love I love that. Yeah, I, I gotta tell you, I'm a, a, a huge, huge <laughs> Nintendo fan. Huge <laughs> Nintendo fan. Right, I love listen, it. I, I'm good with the answer. I'm happy to be beating that one. I'll, I'll defer to Shatsy's video game prowess. Clinton, we want to thank you so much for joining us today on the podcast. You shared some great insights, and sincerely, there are going to be a lot of takeaways from this one. We will give attribution to you because I love the way you were talking about the relationship and the importance of the relationship between the operator, between technologists, and really telling the truth. Just people got to tell each other the truth to solve the uh, pressing issues. If any of our listeners want to get in touch with uh, Clinton directly, we no longer give cell phones and emails out, but we'll give you I have email. Clinton's cell phone if you we're want. We're not going to give that. That's a season one. We're not move. giving we don't that. Do that anymore. Right, we're not giving we're out not the cell. We don't do that anymore. So <laughs> you can email us. You can email the podcast team you at podcast at brandedstrategic.com, and we'd be happy to make the introduction. And how do we get in touch with Fourth? I mean, honestly, if you're an operator and you're looking for some really cool solutions that honestly, yes. that work and solve problems, is it just Fourth.com or is it? I go to Fourth.com. That's the website. And if you do want to email me, uh, first.last 
at fourth.com. There you go. There you go, there man. You go. I got to tell you, Clinton is fully transparent. I love this. No secrets from this guy. Listen, I'll just, and I'm gonna By the way, it. I want to tell everybody, I had an issue, and Clinton, you could attest this. I had an mm-hmm. issue with with one of the products. And, and, and listen, it's technology. Mm-hmm. You sometimes have any technical support. And I went right to Clinton. I said, hey, man, one of my managers having an issue. Could you help me out here? He responded in two seconds and got me the big cheese on support. And we banged it out, man. I, I said, listen, one of my GMs like, I'm having a problem with this. I'm like, all right, listen, don't just let me go to the big guy. And I apologize. I apologize for going up the food chain. But I just I was like, hey, listen, let's not waste time. <laughs> This is the truth of serving the restaurant industry, right? If you're if you're working with people who have to deliver hospitality level service day in yeah. day out, you got to be prepared to do the same thing for them. Yeah, I appreciate that, man, because you got us the big cheese and support, and we got That's we awesome. got our we got our shit done. I love. By the way, I love that story. I, I got. I'm super impressed. Talk. Want to talk about high touch? Here it is the the, CEO. the big the big macha, the CEO responded right. in minutes to me. All right, I'm impressed. Listen to our listeners. Finally. We always want to recognize and thank you for tuning in this week. Wouldn't be, I don't even know, how many, what, how many seasons are we in now? 150 something episodes. 150 something episodes. <laughs> yeah, ah. it's unbelievable. I so imagine, how, how do we have time to do anything else, Jimmy? We don't. <laughs> anyway, no, sincerely, we want to thank you for tuning in. Thank you for continuing to support us. We try to have some fun. We also try to bring, as you see, tremendous leaders in this industry that are sharing some real intel. So thank you to our listeners. And again, thank you to uh, Clinton. And other than that, I'm going to pass it back to my boy Shatsy to close this out. Hey, listen, thanks, everybody. Appreciate it. Again, if you haven't subscribed, subscribe. But let me tell you, follow, listen. Go to Spotify, check it out, and follow us and subscribe. Last thing I want to tell everybody, honestly, Jimbo, if you haven't subscribed to the Hospitality Headlines, hospitalityheadline.com, it is a Saturday morning delight. Every Saturday morning, we send out a little nugget of newsletter gold. gold it is Jerry, absolute gold. gold, Jerry. It is a, it is a, it'll take you four and a half to five hours to read the newsletter. <laughs> However, you can go through and scroll what you like and what you don't like. All kidding aside, it is absolutely fantastic. Jimmy writes every Saturday a really beautiful piece touching on industry highlights, and then a whole bunch of our team adds a lot of color. It's great. Hospitalheadline.com. I encourage everyone, if you want a really great read while having coffee or what have you, just check it out. Clinton, I know you're already a subscriber. Tell all your friends about it. Yeah, cheers, everybody. Cheers, guys. Thank you so much. Thanks for having me. Hello, everybody. I've got to talk to you about something really important. It's about point-of-sale systems. Touch Bistro is an all-in-one point-of-sale restaurant management system. That is point-of-sale. That's POS, everybody. Touch Bistro is an all-in-one point-of-sale restaurant management system that makes running your restaurant easier, better, simpler. If it's better, it's simpler, it's easier, you're making more money, you're having a good time. Touch Bistro is providing the most essential front-of-house, back-of-house, and guest engagement solutions. All, listen to this, everybody, all on one super-duper powerful platform. Touch Bistro helps restaurateurs streamline and simplify their operations. It's allowing them to spend less time, allowing not them, you, allowing you, the restaurant operator, spend less time manually connecting the dots and more time connecting with guests and growing your business and selling more food and making everybody happy so they come back more and more and more. Hey, you know what Touch Bistro is? It's built for the unique needs of the restaurant industry. Touch Bistro, it's fast, it's reliable, and it's easy to use, and it has all the features that every restaurant operator needs to increase sales, 
deliver the best guest experience that you can find, and it'll save you both time and money. Time and money. So listen, visit touchbistro.com. That's touchbistro.com. And find out some more information. By the way, if you want, you can email me at podcast at branded strategic. That's podcast at branded strategic.com. Just put in Shatsy Touch Bistro. I'll connect you to Touch Bistro myself. I will personally walk you to, invite you to meet the CEO, and he will get you set up on Touch Bistro. That's the kind of service they are. They are touch, 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 high touch. That's why it's Touch Bistro. Thanks, everybody.